It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. 31 days of Halloween. <laughs> December 29th, 1972, Eastern Flight 401 from New York to Miami took off from JFK Airport at precisely 9.20 p.m. And that's where the ghost story began. There were 176 people aboard the state-of-the-art Lockheed L-1011, which was nicknamed the Whisper Liner, for its relatively quiet compared with that of other planes' way of going. At 11.30 p.m., the captain welcomed everyone to the city as the plane descended toward Miami International Airport. At 11.42, Flight 401 smashed into the Everglades at 225 miles an hour. The captain on Flight 401 was Bob Loft. He died in the cockpit not long after impact. Second officer Don Repo survived the crash, but died in the hospital a few days later. Altogether, 101 passengers and crew perished in the crash. Somehow, 75 did manage to survive. At the time, it was the highest death toll of any single plane crash in the continental United States. But, just because they died from the plane crash doesn't mean they died, well... On this plane altogether. In fact, when I say plane, I mean this plane of existence. So these are the ghost stories that follow the flight of 401. In early 1973, the captain on an Eastern Airlines flight from Newark, New Jersey to Miami was asked to check on a passenger in first class. The passenger in question was another Eastern pilot, apparently deadheading or flying off the clock who wasn't listed on the flight manifest. The man, dressed in full captain's uniform, hadn't responded to the questions of the senior flight attendant. He was just staring straight ahead, as if in a daze. When the captain approached the passenger, he exclaimed, My God, it's Bob Loft. It should have been a welcome meeting between all colleagues. There was just one problem. Bob had been dead for months at this point. Over the next year and a half, numerous Eastern employees reported seeing the ghost of Repo and Loft on other Eastern flights. Flight attendants claimed to have seen Repo's reflection in an oven door in the galley. An attendant on another New York-Miami flight opened an overhead bin to see Loft's face staring back at her. An entire Eastern cockpit crew saw Repo sitting among them on another flight. They claimed the dead man warned them about a faulty electrical circuit, which was found and repaired. Even an Eastern vice president saw Loft on a plane preparing to take off from JFK. Ryan Sprague, host of Somewhere in the Skies and co-host of CW television series Mysteries Decoded, wrote about Flight 401 for a paranormal website back in 2017. He noted the consistency of the reports, sightings an innocuous and or helpful nature of the apparition. This wasn't meant to scare. Unfortunately, we were all terrified of flying anyway. But I don't think that was the intended purpose behind all this, They're, because they seem very simple and innocent, Sprague says. These aren't evil spirits trying to torment passengers or witnesses. They are merely trying to find a way to connect or communicate with us through the only things they have in common with us, the stories they left behind. The idea that departed souls might be able to retain some relationship with an adamant object is known as psychometry. An account of the sightings was printed in a 1974 issue of Flight Safety Foundation Newsletter, a trade publication not known for indulging in the supernatural. Eastern Airlines officially dismissed the ghost stories, with CEO Frank Borman, a former Apollo astronaut, going so far as to call the tales utter and complete garbage. <laughs> well, get this. From the captain to the colonel, an informal history of Eastern Airlines was actually related 
by Mr. Serling's in 1980's book. Now, get this though, Serling was the older brother of the Twilight Zone creator Rod Serling of All People. According to the investigative reporter John G. Fuller's 1976 books, The Ghost of Flight 401, Eastern employees who reported sightings to supervisors were typically referred to company shrinks. Eventually, the tales became so persistent and prevalent that Eastern management allegedly warned its employees that they would be fired if caught dismantling and disseminating the ghost stories. So these people are being told, you're not seeing ghosts, and if you are, you're fired because you're not mentally sound to work here. I mean, obviously, they're trying to cover it up because it's bad for business. I mean, they crashed a plane, and then <laughs> and then the said ghost of the captain apparently shows up and is like, by the way, your circuits are faulty. I'm like, thanks, Casper, the freaking captain here. Like, good God. Meanwhile, logbooks from nearly all the flights on which the sightings were reported began to disappear. This is significant because Eastern flight crews were trained to note any and all onboard incidents in the flight log, no matter how small or even questionable they may appear. At some point, it emerged that Eastern had reportedly salvaged parts from Flight 401. Uh-oh. So if you believe in like shows like The Haunted Collector and stuff, you are literally building a plane from parts of a plane where over 100 people died. Like, do you want ghosts in... <laughs> Like, do you want ghosts? Hey, you get ghosts. How about, do you want snakes on the plane? How about ghost snakes, right? <laughs> At some point, it emerged that Eastern had reportedly salvaged parts from Flight 401. Many of those parts were fitted into aircraft 318, another L-1011 in Eastern's fleet. Coincidentally, or maybe not, most of the ghost sightings occurred on, guess what, 318. The idea that departed souls might be able to retain some relationship with inanimate objects, like salvaged airplane parts, is known as psychometry. I do believe in psychometry to a certain extent, Sprague says. I have several colleagues who claim haunted artifacts. I've personally witnessed unexplained phenomena occurring in the vicinity of several items. While there's certainly no way to, you can actually verify the authenticity of these items and their claims, the stories behind them or the phenomena that seem to be connected to them, I do think that certain energies can attach themselves to inanimate objects. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's possible that this ghost plane is a real thing? I'm telling you, we had a ghost train a little earlier, and now we got a ghost plane. Much of this documented is in Fuller's book, published in 1976, The Ghost Flight of 401. You guys should check out that book. It's really, really cool. The story so permeated popular culture that Bob Welch, formerly of Fleetwood Mac, recorded the song The Ghost of Flight 401 for his 1979 solo album, Three Hearts. Regardless of Eastern's official position on the ghost stories, all parts salvaged from 401 were eventually removed from other aircraft as a precaution. Now, how cool is that? They actually took the parts out because they think, well, you know what? We, we just got to get it now. I mean, in my heart, they should never be using secondhand parts on a plane anyway. Because, I mean, come on. There's like there's little room for air on a plane. Like, this just really plays on all my fears. I have a fear of planes and flying. But the thought of like faulty parts and the whole gremlin on the wing thing. Oh, God. And then, of course, you know, the guy flying a plane is dead already. So he don't care. <laughs> Oh, my. Anyway, guys, I hope you don't fly away and listen to the next episode tomorrow. Take care.